Woohoo! <laughs> so, coming at you live from Josh's dingy apartment. Woohoo! Minus Josh, actually. Mom is away and we got a keg. Yeah! <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. No, turn you up. A uh, keg of cocaine. I don't know anything about that. So, <laughs> uh, so Josh. Josh, come, will you hold it for me? <laughs> so. So, uh, so Josh wanted to do this holiday special where, uh, that podcast gets fingered. Uh, I, I wanted to do this holiday special last year, um, <laughs> and because of dissertations and people dying and things like that, uh, life just sort of got in the way. So, um, Josh is unfortunately out of town. He has watched all of these movies, uh, in anticipation of doing this last year. So it's sad we're doing it without him, but, uh, it is happy that we're finally fucking doing it. <laughs> um, yep. So I guess I suppose I should welcome you to the a holiday edition uh, <laughs> the. of uh, of that podcast uh, uh, productions something or other uh, the uh, winter ganza the, the winter ganza um, the contrivance of this particular episode is um, and I like I said I I I may have even announced this on the old podcast last year. Uh, so, so those longtime listeners may be familiar with the idea that I wanted to do this, where uh, basically we would sit down with all of the movies that are set in the year 2019 and watch them and kind of come up with some sort of, I don't know, synthesis of, of what people <laughs> were thinking 2019 would be like. And also, I, I have some notes here about what 2019 was actually like. <laughs> and and we can sort of decide where they were right and where they were wrong maybe towards the end of this. This is explicitly older movies looking into the future at what 2019 would be, not movies that came out this year cuz exactly. that it, it increases the list by way too many than I was going to be able to get done in a week. Yeah. Um I mean the my, amount that we did was a lot and I didn't yeah. rewatch all of them. My uh my informal rule was if it's older than 10 years I can count it. Um and I plan to do this again for the 2020 as well. Um, uh, I don't know when in 2020 we'll get around to it, but uh, 2020 has significantly more movies, in fact, set in that year. So Yeah, but 2019 has some really good ones yes. that you'll immediately recognize and some really bad ones that no one has ever heard of. So there are six movies uh, that are mainstream enough that they have wide DVD releases that I could get a hold of. Mm -hmm. There were probably two more of them. Uh, one of them was a Japanese movie that uh, did not have an English subtitle version. Oof. So we could have watched it, but I wouldn't have been able to tell what was going on. You know, like, <laughs> and I was just like, well, there's some stuff happening on the screen. Um, In and for then, your own conclusions. And then there was another one that had a, a VHS release, um, but it was Oof. not. And I don't remember what either of those movies was, but uh, not wide enough that we'd care, obviously. Right. So, so the six movies that uh, we ended up doing here. Oh, um, you can find all of our podcasts at... Uh, that podcast production sapphireside.fm we are going to probably spoil these movies to a certain extent um, they might we're not we're you've not... had decades to watch these movies <laughs> and 2019 is almost over you're running out of excuses um well i we're focused less on plot with this particular one and more focused on themes so so it won't be 100% spoilery but there will be spoils and uh, me and Cody uh, do curse like sailors so um, this is true ju just so you're aware of that some unsavory language yep um, so the six movies we chose uh, 
Blade Runner, The Island, The New Barbarians, uh, Akira, 2019 After the Fall of New York, that's all one title, and The Running Man. So those are all movies that are set in 2019. By the way, I did not know The Island or The Running Man were set in 2019 until Wikipedia told me so. It's so, so even while I'm holding this, the box art explicitly says all over. It says 2019. Yeah. But when you watch the movie, it actually doesn't ever say 2019. Is that right? It's starts in 2017 and then stuff happens and then it's 18 months later okay so it takes place in 2019 but the movie itself never directly references that even though very clearly the marketing like knows that that's when it takes place sure uh well so um these i think are almost all uh let me double check they're all sci-fi movies this go around um that that wasn't a necessary criterion for the picking here, because mm-hmm. um, in 2020, uh, some of the movies, uh, one of them is set in 2020, for instance, is a Pokemon movie, which <laughs> or a Pokemon animated feature. Uh, another nice. one is a romantic comedy. So uh, sci-fi wasn't the one, it wasn't the criterion, but this year just happened to be all all sci-fi. So. One of the things uh, that I wanted to sort of talk about and that I would set up here as we as we start to talk about these movies is uh, all sci-fi are morality tales about the present, right? Uh, everything set in the future are, are sure... Reflections. Yeah, they're worried about present stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and each of these movies has their own version of that, which we'll talk about individually as we get to the movies. But... Um, one of the things I wanted to, like I said, open with here is what was t- 2019 actually like, right? <laughs> and and so um, I looked up in in uh, some of my books. Uh, there there's this neat book called The Histories of the Future, uh, by uh, David Rosenberg and Susan Harding, where they're quoted as saying, uh, "More and more, our sense of the future is conditioned by." Uh, uh, a knowledge of and even a nostalgia for futures that are lost. So in some ways, like I thought that these movies were sort of like those lost futures, right? Yeah. Oh, you know. So when we're we're talking about the present, I mean, I don't know if you encountered this qu- quite a bit the last couple weeks, Cody, but I know I have. Where, like, people are posting on their 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 social media sort of things about, uh, you know, like. They, they show me at the beginning of 2019, yeah. and it's just sort of like a happy, skippy sort of person or whatever, and then me at the end of 2019, and it's sort of a harried, like, yeah. you know, uh, and I wonder where that, you know, I kind of wondered where that instinct came from, and I w- I'm, I'm wondering if some of it is futures lost that we're going to kind of talk about here. Well, I think, like, at, at any new year, like, time period, like, especially near, like, the end of the winter, like, going into January, there's always been... There, uh, I'm sure if we like did our research, we'd know like the exact like publication date of the cartoon. That's like the old man, and then like the baby. So oh, I sure. think I feel like modern sense is just a flip on that, where it's like instead of looking forward to the new year, all people can think of is like how excited they were at the beginning ver- versus where they are at now. Oh yeah. So it's more like instead of the 2018 old man looking at the 2019 new baby, it's like the beginning of the year 2019 new baby versus the old man that 2019 has become for, like, each one of us. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it is interesting that our calendar is set up such that the 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 new year happens like in the like yeah, I mean, the bleakest point, ba- basically <laughs> days from the solstice, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that might be there might be some 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 causality there for sure. Um, it's definitely like also you hit that post Christmas thing, and it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing where you work at everybody experiences a rush from like pre-thanksgiving all the way to christmas and then depending upon what your business is most of the time it really doesn't die down until like january february so you're just like everybody is just hitting the gas at 100 miles an hour right now yeah well also i mean 2019 in and of itself it seemed to be an exhausting year. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, like, we're not even talking politically yet. <laughs> oh, so here we go. I I don't know if you looked explicitly through yeah. all of my notes, but I'm tr- uh, <laughs> I, I have enough that I'm kind of trying to softball them <laughs> yeah, up. Sure. So. <laughs> sure. So, um, 2019 in in sort of the events here. Um, <laughs> by the way, I, I guess I should tell the listeners like when I handed Cody this project, I handed it to him. <laughs> With like fifteen pages of hurriedly handwritten. Pepe Sylvia, it's Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> yes. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. This whole box is twenty nineteen. Yes. And a pile of six DVDs, and I was like, "So uh, you be done with this by Monday, Cody?" <laughs> Here's your six Blu-rays. Here is a pack of Paul Balls. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. So uh, the events of twenty nineteen, just to show how exhausting this year kind of was. Uh, January, uh, you have uh, a lo- January through May, you have all of the Democratic primary contenders announce uh, their contentions. Right. Uh, January of 2019, Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House again. Uh, February, El Chapo drug lord is convicted. Uh, <laughs> March, uh, there's the school admission scandal. Also in March, the Mueller report actually wrapped up. Uh, June, uh, Kim Jong Un and uh, Donald Trump meet and make it weird. I is my note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they, well, it was that it was that deal where like he walked on the like North Korean side. Yeah. And, like, but the news like kind of made a big deal about it. But was it a big deal? You know. And, right. And and so like did he accidentally just sort of go over you know I completely forgot like yeah I I was still listening to a couple of different political podcasts at that point in time and everyone was like the all the conservative people were like he embarrassed us embarrassed us overseas yeah. it's like oh wow whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, so this you know it's just weird like this because yeah. this is some of the exhaustion I think is people have no idea what to make of these yeah you truly don't know what to expect maybe historic events yeah but maybe not I mean. I've already forgotten that that happened. Yeah, know? everything like, everything feels like a clickbait article, even the real and what's it's the real stuff you, too. You'll be surprised by what happens in yeah, June, Cody. Like, <laughs> God, yeah, it's everything is so sensationalized and it's all so dramatic, and then they have to move on to the next thing because something else crazy is happening. So it's it's July of 2019 that Epstein is accused of crimes. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah. Um. July, uh, Trump tells four congresswomen to go back where they came from. Uh, <laughs> God. July, Trump asks uh, a favor of the Ukrainians. What that means, we're still working out, right? Right. Uh, August <laughs> 3rd and 4th, uh, back-to-back mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton. Yeah, God. Uh, the reason why I mentioned this one is because 
uh, if you want a carbon date where your life was. Oh, I, I was on the West Coast tour at that uh, time. I thought I thought you were about to bookmark when our uh, tornado adventure was. Oh, sure. That was uh, definitely like the spring of this year. Yeah, right? we, we almost died back back then too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> August uh, August Epstein dies under mysterious circumstances. Uh, <laughs> August uh, uh, CBS Viacom has a merger. Uh, also August. Uh, Trump announces indeten- uh, indefinite detention of migrants. By the way, that was just in August. Uh, yeah. Oh right? my God! Right. Uh, September Pelosi starts the Trump impeachment inquiry. Uh, December Trump is impeached. Uh, December uh, the conservative parliament uh, conservatives win parliament in UK and to get with the charge of getting Brexit done. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, this is, you know, these are all from CNN.com. I, I just did a search and I, I was like, events that happened in 2019 right. and this was the first paid, this was the first hit on Google that was then the first, or at least my Google, because, you know, we can have another talk later about filter <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> but but this, is right. what, this is what my Google told me was important this yeah. year. Every, everything is recommending me nonstop, like, Simpsons stuff. I've been, I've been telling people at work that I, I might be considering buying, like, a blinged-out Bart Simpson just because I keep getting fucking ads for it on everything. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> it, well, this is a 35-year-old property. If you would have right. told 8-year-old Aura that Bart Simpson would, would yeah. still be important to people in, in, in the future, by the way, mm-hmm. because that's important to note, is we live in the fucking future. Right. <laughs> you know, that's... That's kind of that's kind of the premise of what we're doing today. Is the thank you, uh, biscuit, uh, that that uh, that we live in the fucking future, and here are the movies that thought the the future right. out a little bit, right? None of them predicted cell phones. Uh, Nobody that's true. predicted that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, barely even the island has anything, you know. Yeah, the island, uh, the but island. I, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll get yeah. into it. Um, so another quote from uh, David Rosenberg and Susan Harding: uh, "Our lives are constructed around uh, the knowledge uh, that, as full and as flawed, or I'm sorry, our lives are constructed around the knowledge uh, that, as full and flawed as our knowledge is of the past." So, well, mm-hmm. I, I kind of wrote this poorly, but basically, you know, what we think of as our present is as as flawed as, you know, what we think about the past and what we think about the future. Yeah. So, it to re- me, that was an amazing sort of, sort of insight into thinking about these movies, too, because, you know, some of these things are, you know, I, I have one of... Cody saw my uh, my Matrix that I made for where I have <laughs> different themes. And, that's going to be really fun. I think that's yeah. one of the most creative, like, lists for an idea like this that I've ever seen. That's, oh, well, like, really unique. Well, thank you. Um, I have different matrices here for, for different, uh, different uh, themes and things like that as they go across the different movies. Uh, but one of them I had was Nostalgia. <laughs> and I was wondering how many of these actually looked at nostalgia, and fewer than you'd expect. It yeah, was, uh, it was only Blade Runner and uh, New Barbarians actually, where there was some line that said, "God, I wish things were the way they right. were before." Or I something. used I uh, I always make the joke anytime the song comes on at work, but the uh, "Nothing But Flowers" song by the Talking Heads. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to people and like uh, the our uh, our boss at at work. Is like you know, it's a song about like anti you know corporate establishment stuff. And I was like, 
what are you talking about? The the song says, I miss the Pizza Huts. Like the Taco Bells and 7-Elevens. Like, I can't get used to this lifestyle. Nice. Like, that's what the song is about. It's like, I want it back. God, we will miss those things if yeah. they go away, too, come to think of it. Well, I mean, so, like, Sears. Yeah. Sears was, you know, like, I never thought Sears would go away. And, of course, Walmart, you know. Um, but, yeah. Like, uh, I, we were in... Uh, we were driving back to my hometown for uh, for Christmas break stuff with Haley, and she pointed out a country mart in one of the even smaller towns that we were driving through on the way to my town. And I was like, oh, yeah, we used to have, like, a huge one, and that was, like, the main grocery store for our town until they built the Walmart Supercenter, and then that was explicitly what drove them out of business. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Do, do you miss the country mart? Um, Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, the Country Mart in Iola had a really, really good selection of the, I forget what the actual name is, but the, like, those quarter machines that you put in. It's like a little capsule, capsule machines. They had, like, two rows of capsule machines and then multiple, like, uh, teddy pickers and, like, claw machines, and you could always get those, uh... Plastic. Are you a, are hug you a hustler juice? at those things, or are you uh... kind of? Oh. I'm kind of good at claw machines. I haven't yeah. done it in a while. Well, there are people who are good and people who are not good at those. So I could if like in it's an, one way or the other. It's right, not really in the middle. In an average claw machine, that's like a fifty cent, like medium sized toy thing. I probably have to put in like somewhere between two fifty and five dollars to get like exactly what I want. Sure. But I can also like look at one and be like, you can't get any of this shit the way that it's married. Yeah. They like the way they overlap them and things. Yeah, so sometimes you have to like waste like two dollars just to get Loosen stuff to the yeah up. to the way that you want. Nice. We could we could do a whole episode about this. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. More, more than happy. To. There there is undoubtedly a movie coming up in the uh, in the up all night oeuvre that will <laughs> feature a, a claw machine prominently. That's amazing. Um. So uh, let's let's talk about 2019 in words. So I. Uh, I, had, I, I wrote down some notes here uh, from merriamwebster.com and goodhousekeeping.com about uh, words that were added to the dictionary this year. Is this year? All yes. Right. How, um, how about you give me the word and I'll try to give you the definition. I was hoping you'd be game for this. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> no, Josh. It's all games today, folks. Yeah! Uh, buzzy. Buzzy? Yeah. Uh, buzzy was added to the dictionary this year. Uh, let's see. Buzzy. Uh, is this, is this just, like, another adjective form of, like, like, beer buzz? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, on brand. Okay, on brand, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's like, if you're... Uh, it's what it sounds like if you are a resident of 2019. Right, okay. Uh, on brand is, like, uh relevant or related to what the way that things have been going for whatever person or item that that is referring to. So if it's like somebody saying sketchy shit to you at the bus stop and they say it again, you could say, oh, he's, you know, on brand today. You know, McDonald's forgot to take off the onions on my burgers on brand for McDonald's today. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. Buzzy was not intoxicated. 
Oh. Buzzy refers to having buzz around it. Like, people... Oh, so, I, I see. Uh, I made that same mistake when I saw the word <laughs> buzzy, which is why I agreed when you said it. Yeah, that's what it means. Yep. Uh, now I have the article in front of me, so I won't be screwing this up again. <laughs> Stan. Stan, uh, Stan is a reference to the Eminem song, and it basically just means you are a, like, uh, it's a, it means, like, diehard fan, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was, stan Brockhampton, amongst other things. Can we talk about how old that song is and yeah. how long it took, I mean, but is For this For that to a, enter the lexicon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, receipts. Uh, receipts, um, it, is something that... Man, I'm really crushing these millennial things. Yeah, <laughs> you, there are some of them coming up. You'll you'll have a harder time with. Uh, receipts is like if uh, if you say some something like oh they said this and they're like I didn't say that blah 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 and you're like well I got the receipts. You basically like you have the proof. You have the text. It's, it's a the, yeah. It's a social media footprint thing. Yeah. yeah. Unplug. Which is obvious. Yeah, um, just unfollow. Un, yeah, you know. removing yourself from the online world for a while. Yep. How about this one? Just getting added to the dictionary this year. Swole. <laughs> That's funny. Because uh, uh, I said I was going to get, quote, Ving Rhames swole. Uh, yeah. Swole is just a reference to, like, a big, buff, muscular, uh, thick as well. Thick? Thick. You being a thick boy? Swollen. Hey, here's one that I was shocked. Well, actually, I'm surprised it made it into the dictionary, and then when I heard about it, I was surprised that it, then it wasn't already in the dictionary. I think I have uh, an idea. EGOT. Oh, shit! No, yeah. no, no, no. I, I thought it was going to be, like, adulting or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn, yeah. EGOT's, like, uh, 30 Rock. Uh, EGOT references to having all four major awards. Let me think. Uh, it's an Emmy, a Golden Globe? No, Grammy. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. EGOT. Yep. And right now, I think it's just Whoopi Goldberg? There's like a very, very short list of people who have egotted. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there are several people who are alive that that have done it, but a lot of them you haven't heard of because they're for weird awards. Yeah, it's like, like they they're known for something more like, niche, like costume design or exactly. music or something like that, and then they happen to get awards in their categories for those other things. Uh, I mean, there's like five or six people, and you haven't heard of four of them, something like that. Right. Um, and then there are, uh, I don't know, something like a dozen people who have three of the awards, but not the fourth, and uh -huh. things like that. So That's weird that that's, it took all the way to 2019 to get that one. How about cheesemonger as a 2019 word? <laughs> Do you know what a cheesemonger is? Uh... <laughs> <I can't. laughs> There's so first off just using cheese as like a smurf placeholder type word for everything. Sure. Is this a reference to yeah, actual I, cheese? Is yeah, this a reference to money? It. It's it's exactly yeah, it's cheese. Somebody somebody who owns a cheese shop. <laughs> Cheesemonger being Cheesemonger. added. But think about that as like a medieval word. Right? Yeah, <laughs> a fishmonger. Yep. Uh here's one that just got added. Chai latte. Oh, a chai latte. I loved a chai latte. Yeah. Uh, it's chai technically means tea. Yep. So it's like a tea latte, basically. Yep. It's like uh, a milky chai, tea. It's spiced black tea with steamed milk. I had uh, uh, just in the dictionary this year. I have been drinking chais yeah. for you know for 
since the 90s, because that was what I would make when I worked at the coffee house. Yeah. But I, but, by the way, there you go, uh, podcast <laughs> audience. How old is Aura? Uh, he worked at a coffee house in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Had some ironic title. Something uh, perks. Uh, no. Oh, I thought you meant me. Uh, yeah. I was a cybernaut. Ah. <laughs> but uh, the what was the name of the place itself? Oh, Bite and Bite. Uh, with ah. Bite and... B-Y-T-E. Uh, yep. And then Bite, Good B-I-T-E. God. Yeah. Um, I had no idea how to make any of the food, though. Every time somebody <laughs> came in and ordered food, I was like, oh, I think we're out of some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you have all the laminated sheets to have shit like lobster bisque on your menu. <laughs> exactly. Like they'd be like, uh, "Do you have a do you have like, a Caesar salad?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, the Caesar dressing's no good." Like, <laughs> but I was like, "How about a how about a slice of pie?" <laughs> like, I don't have to make. Hey, that. look, there's this cookie in the warmer right now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was how I ran my teenage years. <laughs> that place is out of business now. I don't know. Like, what happened there? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Java just made it to the dictionary this year, uh, and oh. Java is exactly what you think it is, so I won't run you in circles about that. <laughs> right. Uh, double dip. The Seinfeld bit. Yeah. Interesting. Just in the dictionary this year. Do you take the chip, and then you dip it, and then you go back a second time? Yep. Uh, so, how about this one as one you may or may not know? Bottle episode. Oh, I know what a bottle episode is. Uh, yeah, I said you may or may not. Uh, mostly because of my obsession with TV shows about TV shows, like Community oh, or 30 sense. Rock. Okay. A uh, bottle episode is just a reference to uh, any episode where the characters all stay in one place for, like, the entirety of the episode. Yep, yep. How about something called a Go Cup? <laughs> is this... I didn't know so what a Go Cup was. I have a couple ideas. Yep. First off, is this the thing... That you, if you are a woman, you place near yourself so you can pee standing up? Nope. It's not that? Nope. Is it like Good the... Guess. Is it like the Nuva cup or whatever and it's like a period nope. substitute thing? That's the, also an interesting guess. Okay, then is it just like a coffee to go cup? That's what it is. Damn. Yeah, something like a... Uh, it's something you would... It, it can be paper, plastic. It's just something that holds coffee or alcohol uh, that you carry with you. But... You know, I think I think Yetis made this popular. Ah, like, like okay. Popular, right? But yeah. All right, here's one for you, and you don't have to guess what this means. But climate change denial got its, <laughs> got its own word in the dictionary. Let me tell year. you about chemtrails, Aura. <laughs> um, the uh, savant syndrome. You ever heard of this one? It, it's somebody who thinks that they're hot shit. Hang on a second. Let me. I. Uh, I. That's what a savant is. Somebody who is like excels in a given field, maybe without like what would be normally considered the right amount of like practice put into it, like a savant piano player or something like that. So what? What's the full thing? Savant what? So it's savant syndrome. What syndrome. this? What this is? People with a developmental disorder like autism that may show skill or brilliance in a particular field. Uh, they are. They now have a word which is referred to as savant syndrome. Oh, okay. So it's the you know definitely hundred twenty seven toothpicks thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. they they just actually classify it now officially as savant syndrome. Oh well, I think it it, it, it throws the positive spin on something that may have been considered right. like a a developmental disorder or something like uh-huh. that previously. Uh, Bluebird Day. 
exactly what it sounds like. What's a bluebird day? I, I didn't know what it was. A day a day in recognition of a bluebird, or is this some hilarious sex act? No, no, no. These are these are all things added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Uh, so yeah, this isn't. Well, listen, uh, we make... could go to the Urban Dictionary. One, but <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a, a different kind of uh, show, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Just a, a day in recognition of the bluebird. I don't know. It's it's a beautiful sunny day, no cloud in the sky. Ah, and yeah. you call that a bluebird day. Yep. Okay. All right, and finally the last one uh, added to the added to the dictionary this year, um, and the one that uh, you and I both relate to well here, gig economy. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so gig man, e- you almost got a hundred percent on this, by the way. Yeah, uh, gig economy. I assume that's just in reference to like. Uh, more or less like living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, uh, even more specific than that, job to job. Job to job, yeah. yeah. So, so you're living Uber to Uber, I'm living teaching job class to teaching to class, job. class yeah. Yep, so... Comic at a time. Yes, exactly. Uh, hand to mouth, like even more so than like paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that, um, uh, that disappearing middle class, huh? Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, <laughs> this was... So uh, the reason why I, I saved gig economy for last, though, as a as an added word, was because you know, in my opinion, because you know, I, I wrote quite a few pages about this recently. You know, this is really a marker of what twenty nineteen is actually like. Yeah. You know, um, what it's like at least for for boots on the ground like you and I at the moment, right? For sure. is, is that it's you know it's. We have our steady job, our steady part-time job that, you know, at least makes sure that our rent is paid. Yeah. But then if we ever want anything else, uh, health insurance, to be able to pay the bills or whatever, it has right. to be, you know, job to job. And, you know, um, none yeah. of these, you know, none of these movies predicted anything like that. That's um, true, yeah. So Well, every, every I feel like every movie here, too, also, like... Like you said, it's always a reflection on the negative stuff that's happening then. Every yeah. every single one involves some level of, like, economic collapse. Yeah. So it's like everybody always feels like that is a thing that's going to happen to them. Except we are living in that future and we know what it's like. It's, it's not like a... Everything's gonna go, and then it's gonna be like the people versus the police all in one setting. Like even right now, that another twenty nineteen thing is like the Hong Kong protests, sure, and all that stuff too. I mean, like we have like real life examples of you know political dissent like amongst the people, uh, fueled by social media, which <laughs> you fucker. Uh, <laughs> biscuit just got a Yeah, biscuit bit me. Sorry, uh, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't giving him enough attention. Yeah, our We're, sound engineer yeah. walking around. I'm sure you can hear him throughout the episode. There will be no editing for this one. Oh, I don't imagine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to that point, though, what you just said, uh, you know, Josh has this quote, and I'm taking him way out of context here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. No, he'll he, he's he's certainly going to correct me if he ever listens to this, which he won't. Um, <laughs> But he, uh, he says something to the effect of, and this isn't, you know, 100% the quote, but, uh-huh. you know, future movies are the present, only dirtier. Right, right yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, it's really good to be, like, sort of running these, you know, running these things in that, in that lens. Right. You know, um, 
Uh, finally, I wanted to talk about 2019, in fact, as saying the color of the year was living coral. Uh, Pantone 16-1546 TCX, if you're a, if you're a real nerd. But uh, living living coral is, you know... Nice pink. Like a, yeah, pinkish orange. I know um, the one for 2020 is like a very nice blue. Yeah, no, uh, guess what? You know, like, they had hope for 2019, uh, a little less for 2020, yeah. it would appear, when they picked the color. Which is so um, funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's funny in multi... Like, God, everything is so just ironic, because the, the newest Pokemon game that just came out, there is a coral... Pokemon that the new video game goes for kind of like an environmental kick and that same coral Pokemon has an evolution that turns it white and makes it a ghost type like it's dead coral. Oh wow. And they call it Cursula. So 2019's that came out 2019 movies uh, you're going to notice a theme right away <laughs> listeners uh here are the popular films that came out. Uh, Star Wars 9, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Joker, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, Shazam, Battle Angel Alita, X-Men Dark Phoenix, uh, Detective Pikachu, um, Men in Black 3, or I guess Men in Black International. I crossed out the three because I guess I wasn't 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, there is, is the a third one. No, it's four because okay. there is a th Men in Black 3. Okay, so Men in Black International. Uh, Glass, which was a uh, which was a uh, sequel to Unbreakable twenty years ago. Yep. Rambo, which was a sequel of a movie from <laughs> uh, some number of years ago. My name is Dolomite, which was a you know a remake or a recontextualization yeah. of nineteen seventies film. It two, which was a sequel God. to a remake. Uh, Lego Movie two, which was a sequel. Uh, the Child's Play remake. The Pet Cemetery remake. John Wick 3. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Um, and so... Uh, There's not a, a... Of that list you read, I was waiting for it. There is not a single original IP. Hang on. Uh, uh, sort of will get there. Right. Um, Aladdin, the live remake. The Lion King live remake. Oh, Jesus. Right? Um, and so... Uh, when I was... You know, when I was sort of looking at these, I was like... Wow, like that's really like that's where we're at with pop culture at the moment. One hundred percent, I saw a thing that was like Disney made eighty percent of the top grossing movies like this year. Yeah, oh, I know. Doesn't that make you well, feel dirty? I mean, it's it's a disingenuous article in so much as they mean Disney slash Fox, right? So I mean, at the time, Fox was. But tw the story of 2020 will certainly be nearly identical. You right, know? yeah. It'll be like, so, you know, 75% of, you know, everything at the top is Disney-related. Right. Uh, but, um, so there's also these musical movies that kind of came out mm -hmm. uh, this year. Uh, Yesterday, which was the yeah. Beatles one. Rocket Man, which was the John, Elton the John, John one. one. And Blinded by the Light, which was... The Bruce Springsteen one. Yeah, was it? I don't. I yeah. can't remember if it was that or Starship. No, no, no. It was... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, That's that, not... That was a running gag for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, it was like, That's not even Starship. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> fucking it's, them all up. Now. Right. Nah, yeah. It's Manfred Mann's Earth Band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... 
what occurred to me while I was making this list, I mean, even something like Ad Astra, which is about space, and... Uh, that's actually one of the movies I didn't get to see. I fucking really wanted to see that I don't know why one. I didn't see it. And, uh, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all Ooh. of these movies are looking backwards. Yeah. Everything I had in this list is either a sequel, a remake, or something that is definitely looking backwards. It's pure a period piece in one way yeah. or another. Yeah. I mean the Downton Abbey movie, which I didn't have on this list, but I mean even to that to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, and then you can do the same thing with streaming and TV. I didn't do a ton of this stuff, but The Mandalorian, Watchmen, Batwoman, Nancy Drew, yeah. uh, the L word Generation Z. All of these things are all looking backwards. And I wonder, you know, what what got me thinking and what, like, what I started on my drive thinking about was, like, so uh, people of a political persuasion have this idea of making America great again. Mm. And I wondered if people were trying to figure out what that greatness was, you know. When was it? Was it the 90s? Was it the 50s? Was it the 70s? Like, um, because, you know, like... To me, it seems like, you know, if you want to talk about times America was great, at least in our recent memory, 50s and 90s were those times. Right. Um, the 50s, you know, obviously, you know, you had pretty strong middle class. You had a, you know, a, a pretty healthy sort of America going on. But there were also other things happening right. that we forget about. Uh, Europe was just decimated in the wars. Right. They hadn't rebuilt yet. Uh, we haven't even gone uh, through, like, Japan. civil liberties yet. Uh, yeah, civil, you know, like, we were enslaving populations effectively, right? Um, so when they talk about that idea, you know, it occurred to me, I was just like, it. it's trying to take the benefits but without the responsibilities. Yeah. Or perhaps it's, it's taking, you know, this idea that there's good stuff but forgetting that there was also right. bad shit, like, right? Like, the satirical side of it is that whole, like, oh, everybody wants to go back to the 90s. It's like, oh, well, you're here now. Like, the burden of responsibility for preventing 9-11 is now on you. Yeah. Like, it's... Everybody well, likes the idea of, oh, pogs, or, you know, this this thing you remember from your childhood. Uh, and then you don't really always think about, like, the huge big picture stuff. Well, and so I was listening to the radio when I was thinking about the 90s. And it occurred to me, like, music kind of paused at the night. Like, yeah. when people talk about, like, you know, I, I've seen this Facebook post a few times too recently where they're like, you know, in 10 days, like, the 90s will be 30 years ago kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just like, how did that fucking happen? Right. And the reason why is our brains haven't mo- moved on in some ways. Yeah. Because the music stopped there. I mean, we have new music, and I'm not going to say that we don't yeah. have some songs here and there. But, like, if you listen to pop culture, like, that seems to be where, where it, yeah. you know... We haven't, we haven't created a new genre, like... I mean, you can argue that we have, but in different things, but it's still, like, you're, you're really mincing words when it comes down to stuff like that. And, like, even, even when you look at uh, things this year, like Elon Musk's Cybertruck and stuff like that, I feel like we haven't moved forward technologically because a we're we're in the middle of so many like crisis socially and economically we don't put like time and resources into doing stuff like that so our idea of the future is still to a degree movies like Akira and Running Man like all you can think of going forward is just what we thought 
forward would look like way back then. Oh gosh, and when you mentioned the Cybertruck, I immediately thought that would be at home in like yeah, five like every- of the, uh, actually all six of these movies come to think of it. Right. Uh, and maybe to a lesser extent the island, but definitely the other five movies like I would not have been surprised to see that Cybertruck drive yeah. by, you know? And, and it's like everybody has that idea. You guys, uh, listeners, and I'm asking Aura too, you sure. might have seen the meme when it's talking about uh, like Fallout, like the video games, and how there's this picture of somebody shooting a gun that's going way over somebody's head, and the bullet that's going over the head says, like, war is bad, and then there's the guy looking at the person shooting a gun, it says, cool wasteland. And it's like, that's, like, all of these things have this point of our future looks bleak because things are bad now, and we want to invoke some sort of change in the status quo currently so you don't get to that. But then you kind of get wrapped up in the whole, like, I don't know, I think the, like, the freedom of being able to look like an S&M, like, Mad Max person every day and uh, freely fight people for dominance or whatever is, like, a cool idea. It's like, oh, that's only a cool idea because shit really fucking sucks right now. Yeah. It's your, it's escapism in a fantasy scenario, but it's funny how, like, even our fantasy scenarios are these, like, nightmare-tainted things. Yeah. Like, the, what's the, um, the new George R. Martin, The Expanse? Yeah. Isn't that the horror show? I don't, I can't, uh, that's the one that takes place in space, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Same sort of thing, it's like, besides, you know, Picard, I think that's the only other, like, new sci-fi show that's, like, been coming out, but it's the same thing, it's like, it's kind of a bleak look at Westworld. Yeah. Oh, right. It's the same thing. Yeah. And that's also a remake. Yeah. (laughs) So... I mean, we. The thing is, like I, like I said, I when I made that list and when I got to thinking about it, I'm like, I'm like we haven't, we're spinning our wheels a little bit, you know. Yeah. Like there isn't, you know, and that list is a little unfair. I did, I did edit so, out a couple of things here and there to make a point. So right. like, let's not. I'm not going to say 100. percent This is what it's like, but definitely, you know. 90% of what we're being exposed to is stuff that's either backwards looking, backwards remaking, backwards sort of, uh, you know. Uh, there And there was, I mean, we could obviously, uh, that's not the purpose of this podcast, but uh, we could talk about, like, all the great completely original content movies that came out this year. I mean, just oh, sure. recently, like, today I saw Uncut Gems, which was really fucking great. Yeah. That one was good, and I also saw The Lighthouse, which is like a horror movie with. Uh, I saw the the trailer for that one. It looks yeah. It, it was really good. I uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Robert Pattinson. It's like a black and white horror movie about them alone on this island watching over a lighthouse. Fuck that, dude. That's that <laughs> goddamn terrifying. It was really cool and very stressful, but yeah. Uh, and like Midsummer, like Hereditary came out a couple of years ago, but Midsummer was also a unique look at horror stuff. Uh, the Dead Don't Die and Us oh. were this year as well. Those were the two that I edited off the list because they were not making my point. But, right. But um, stuff like like The Joker and movies like that I guess Joker isn't, isn't new, yeah. but I feel like movie studios are finally getting that not everything needs to be an Avengers Endgame. Like, sure. sometimes a really successful movie is just giving a, a visionary or an auteur, like, license to do something with an already existing IP. You hear that, Josh? Artur. 
<laughs> God, I hope he listens and he's just <laughs> yelling at us the whole time. Get out of my dingy apartment and stop, stop talking <laughs> about that it. shit. <laughs> stop talking about that shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, just leaving chick tracks everywhere with the phrase <laughs> auteur written on every page. <laughs> and that's totally unfair to Josh's argument because he, he actually is a fan of auteur theory. Yeah. Except when it comes to comic books. Um, so that's the that's where he draws the line. Uh, but but the, I, you know, listeners will will have heard me and Josh. That's run. why it's fun to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, listeners will have heard me and Josh run in circles around that one a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so um, since we're here talking about movies, uh, I guess we should talk about the actual movies that we came yep. to talk about. Um, why don't we start with? Uh, what I believe to be the oldest of the bunch, uh, which... Uh, sorry, this would have been good had I figured this out ahead of time, right, guys? Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, it's Blade Runner, so that one's me. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner takes place in November 2019. Uh, it's actually a film from 1982. It is a neo-noir um, in genre. Uh, and I and I'll have a synopsis here in just a second. Uh, the only movie we have that didn't have a synopsis on the case. Uh, (laughs) So, um, Los Angeles, 2019. Rick Deckard of the LAPD's Blade Runner unit prowls the steel and microchip jungle of the 21st century uh, for assumed humanoids known as replicants. Replicants were declared illegal after a bloody mutiny on an off-world colony and are to be terminated uh, upon detection. Uh, Man's obsession uh, with creating a being equal to himself has backfired, so says uh, Matt uh, McQuillan on IMDb. So that's uh, his synopsis of it. Um, To me, you know, this was a film uh, that, you know, uh, it really typified a lot of the things that definitely 1980s thought the future was going to have. Flying cars, uh, you know, like, um, one of the things that I noticed, like, in the opening scene prominently is you have this Los Angeles with just these, like, pyres of fire shooting into the (laughs) sky, right? Um, Neon. A fuck ton of neon. Oh, neon. Neon all over the place, yeah. Uh, they had, uh, one thing that was unique to this movie that I, I mean, I didn't even see except maybe in Akira a little bit was this kind of mixing of language, like, yeah. uh, with, with, uh, English and, and, uh, uh Japanese, I believe in, in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Blade but, Runner and Akira make really good comparisons, like, for that sort of thing. Same, like, cultural explosion. So you know, there's this um, small world feeling in Blade Runner I, that I kind of feel like 2019 actually has to it, where yeah. like LA and Asia are not like a world apart. Like mm-hmm. one scene happens in Los Angeles, and he's just like, "Well, I'll be over there in a minute," and the next scene takes place in Asia. Um, so 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 I think that Blade Runner got that right. Um, there's this noirness to this, you know. It, uh, Blade Runner is largely considered a neo noir flick. Um, if neo noir were to exist, which we, you know, people can argue that one as well. But um, it does have a lot of the old sort of throwbacks to identity uncertainty, 
uh, this idea that, you know, and in the case of Blade Runner, it's done by memory implants. Like, right. am I real or am I a replicant? Is, am I the is, bad guy? Yeah. Am what I'm doing good or wrong? Exactly. And and the thing that, you know, that, that the... Questioning your established, like, moral and, like, uh, uh, grounded authority. Well, and the anchor points for these characters become photographs. Mm-hmm. And it's actually physical photographs, too, which, uh, you know, uh, Blade Runner had no idea that we were going to move all digital on that ship by right, now. Right. <laughs> but we can also ask, I mean... Like, are those our anchor points? Like, right. you know, do we still have photograph? I mean, two photograph. you know, like, um, I'm trying to think. I have two photographs on my wall at my house. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one of them's from my wedding and one of them's uh, of, uh, of my dad, you know? So, uh, how about you? Any photograph? Uh, I'm trying to think. I definitely have, like, a picture just of our, like, our immediate family. Haley has more pictures, I think, of hers, but... Part of that is because, like, my mom very avidly scrapbooks. Sure. So besides just knowing that, A, for social media, for me, that I always have, like, those pictures, I know that there is, like, books and books and books worth of, like, family photos, at least. Oh, sure. Uh, so, so, so photos do exist in your life as that yeah. anchor point a little bit. I, but, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like... You know, I think you're right. I think it's, with, uh, uh, like, our identity of it, it still has the same level of importance, but it is more of a, like, we're in a cloud-based society now for stuff like that. And then the cloud can disappear, or if you don't pay the rent on the cloud, like, right. they kick you yeah. out, right? Which is so. interesting because it's the same idea of, like, you're taking pictures because you always want to remember things because your own human memory is fickle, but now it's, like... You're paying for the convenience of being able to have it whenever, but if you lose, it's not like a picture before where you'd pay, you know, a fraction of a cent to get, like, multiple of them developed. So there was a court case this year, and I, or maybe it was, la- like, last year, and I'm not sure how it resolves, listener, so I'm sorry that, that we can't, uh, <laughs> but there was a question as to who owns logins. Ah. Uh. Like, is it the user? Is it the company? Is it... Because the reason why this came up is because um, this person had, like, a voodoo library or something like that. I'm not sure 100% uh-huh. what it was. But uh, they had a mass, some sort of massive library of movies on the internet. Uh, and the family, after the person died, the family wanted access to that ah, stuff. Ah, I see. Yeah. Interesting. And this is a fascinating, like, what happens when we die? Yeah. Like, do, you know, does our accumulation in that way, like become a prop back property of the company or right does it become the the family's uh you know sort of well, yeah being a millennial i definitely think all the I time about iTunes, actually i don't uh, remember yeah something like that though. Sa- same thing though i mean it makes sense like I-, I wonder about like for me it's one of those like if i get married if i die do does my like student debt get passed on like to, thankfully no right i know the <laughs> to, answer to that one two individuals and stuff like that but yeah it's like you, I don't know why, but a lot of or what I... at I've, least not yet. <laughs> a lot of what I've been watching, like, television programs and, like, movies, as well as just, like, comic content, is all about, like, legacy and what what's the real impact that you leave uh, when you leave this world. And it's, like, the same can be said for all of this stuff. Like, what, what digital footprint is, is left over of your, like, 
impact. But isn't that interesting? You know, and, yeah. to, and thinking about the replicants in in uh, you know in Blade Runner, they have that same sort of question. I mean, the the main replicant guy that Harrison Ford is chasing through the movie, like you can tell in those scenes, like he's trying to figure out like what is what right. is me, what is you know what I am, and to a certain extent, when he finds out like hey, there's a clock on my life. Yeah. What's what's left, you know? And it's not it this isn't necessarily a super original take, but like you could easily argue that like our our social media personalities aren't us and are a like projection oh, sure. and a clone of what who we really are. Well there was this theorist, uh Irving Goffman, who talked about this in terms of the con. He thought mm, he thought yeah. you know, con he wasn't he wasn't talking about social media one hundred percent because he this was in the nineteen fifties. Right. But um be, there have been people who have applied this idea to social media, where <laughs> where we're where we're constantly sort of engaging in this con with yeah. each other. How um, how we how the world sees us exactly. Uh, for people who care, uh, the Blade Runner cut I watched at least was the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's important to Blade Runner people. Um, <laughs> Uh, what about the 1980s here? What was the 1980s afraid 2019 was going to bring? Um, trash. Trash. <laughs> there was lots of trash. Um, I think as, to a certain extent there was a fear of Japan. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's, there's kind Which of is that. ironic with Akira because then it's Japan's fear of everybody else. Exactly. Um, I think a fear of queerness. Mm. The, the replicants that, you know, he's chasing at the end. Are both kind of queer robots, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I mean, if we're gonna get into sexuality, like the rest of the movies also have some pretty like bleak outlooks on just like in general queerness. Or yeah, yeah, yeah go on, Cody. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, can... like without getting too much into it, uh, the uh, the new barbarians. I mean, specifically oh, you meant other movies. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, but uh, like everything has that. We've talked already about that, like leather daddy S and M aesthetic. Like sure. Mad Max definitely helps like perpetuate that. But why is it that when like society collapses like we we break out the leather and like the metal studs sure like so, we've been holding that back this entire time <laughs> i uh so uh, i mentioned my matrix that i made of these of these various movies and my first criterion on here was actually fetish gear uh which uh, which appeared at least to a certain extent across all six of these movies <laughs> yeah um we can argue if the island, like if their uniform things were sure. know, fetish gear, um, but uh, and new barbarians, like it didn't seem like it was as fetishy, but it did have yeah, yeah. a big um, puffy sleeves. But definitely all the rest of these yeah. movies. Akira um, has uh, has the clown makeup and yeah. stuff. Yep, uh, Running Man. They were you know in the. In the running suits. Uh, <laughs> the jumpsuits and running man definitely remind me of, like, the way they do the t-shirts in Idiocracy. And then Blade Runner, of course, and 2019 was all up on the fetish gear. So, uh, yeah, um, so there was uh, there was a fear of queers, um, uh, or at least queering uh, of identity to a certain extent. Um, we'll talk about this with the other movie, so I'll skip this one for now, but... Uh, the social class distinctions were really apparent in this movie, um, as they are in a lot of these movies, and I think that was one of the things that really came out in these 2019 flicks that they got right. You know, there is a big, there's a big difference between who's wealthy and who's poor 
right? Yeah. There's um, there's the people who are the passive viewers who can't afford to be anything other than what they are, and then there's like the the people who would be your rebellion or your resistance of the police state characters. Now the interesting thing about Blade Runner that I noted this watch through that I had never noticed before. There aren't any other animal. Like there are yeah. humans, but you don't see any other sort of. I mean, I wouldn't. I would argue you don't even see any other living life. I, I don't remember a yeah. plant now that I think of it. But definitely, you don't see like a dog, a cat, a you know, a, a moose, a right. squirrel, a, <laughs> a moose or squirrel. Uh, you know, like any of those things. Uh, so, so it, it's an interesting movie in in that way. Yeah. Uh, next on our timeline is 2019 after the fall of New York. Woohoo! Uh, this one uh, is from the Italian collection. After the bomb drops, the world is divided into two fractions. On the one side are the evil Eurax. Boy, we can get into that. Yeah. And on the other, the Pan American Confederacy. Parsifal uh, is sent by the president of the Confederacy into the wasteland that was once New York in an effort to rescue the last fertile female on the planet, the beautiful Giara. Extracting the key to mankind's survival will not be easy as they battle mutants, treacherous confederate personnel, and the lethal Urax that infest the barren and brutal landscapes. So, the Urax are Europe, Asian, and some... What was the last one? Do you, do you remember? Have it in your notes somewhere? It's it's a it's a coalition. It's basically yeah. like a new version of like your Axis evil powers yeah. or something like that. But it's ironically it's maybe Ukraine. That sounds right. Because it's it's funny that Europe is in there, but it definitely still scratches that same like this is who we were scared of at this point in time. Okay, so this was an interesting film for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's one of the ones that you haven't heard of before. It's yeah. But it is an Italian film that is dubbed in English that takes place in primarily New York, New York. a little bit of Alaska. Oh, um, fuck, that's right. Yeah. And... It, but it paints the Europeans as the bad the guys. The bad guys. I wonder also if this is kind of like how um, video games will put Europeans like... Uh, Nazis and other people as sure. the bad guys most often because they have the least problem with distribution for it. Yeah. Like, if you make Russians the bad guy in your video game, Rus they don't like it in Russia. If you make Chinese people the bad guy, like, you can't have that. You can't sell it anywhere. That makes sense. So I wonder if that was part of it, since it's like this this weird collaboration of apparently Italian and American individuals, if they're like, who could be our bad guy? Yeah, I mean... This movie, uh, as as we sort of talked about just for a second before the record here, it's definitely a crash cash grab at Escape from New York and Mad Max. I mean, yep. these are, it's you know, it's a it's a lower budget remake of those movies. And the but but for this one, the production value isn't terrible. It definitely smacks of like Death Race two thousand, like the original like Carradine sure. version, and like you said, Mad Max, where it's like. Here's a wasteland, but we're very clearly driving on, like, a paved highway. We've just removed all the street signs. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, these are all of our big shots of, like, the Nevada desert, which is definitely just a highway. Um, there's a lot going on in this movie, and 
and uh, I Jesus mean, God, yeah. yeah. Uh, this one and the other like no name one are we, just so long. They we feel like they take forever to watch. They're interminable. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, the thing about this movie that sort of marked it for me was that it was devoid of hope. I mean, there's just yeah. you know, it it just you know, I mean. Women are property. Yeah, it. If you um, listen to the rest of the shows on our podcast, uh, very, very direct ties you can make to the Hell Comes to Frogtown movie that we watched on the our. Uh, that podcast stays up all night in our review of all of the USA Up All Night movies. Very, uh, women are property. Women are uh, going to, not that they are, but it's just like the reproductive organs in a you know, post-apocalyptic society are, like, the most important things. And so we already don't let women have agency or independency of their bodies, so There's why a, would our dystopian allow that? Yeah, I mean, it's a less, you know, it's kind of a less nuanced Handmaid's Tale or a less nuanced, <laughs> right, yeah. or even a less nuanced Children of Men. Yeah, You know, yeah. like... 100%. Um... But it is, you know, there is some anxiety here. There is some something being said from 1983 about what they were afraid of, and I think they were afraid of women to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. you have girl gangs, slave girl, you know, like we're really worried about these women getting all uppity <laughs> to yeah. some extent. Um, there's also, you know, the New York gang scene that's, yeah. that's prominent in this thing. Um, I remember the the scene. I think it was in this one, and not in New Barbarians. But uh, you can correct me if you remember. Um, there's a midget in here, or like a dwarf Little of some person. kind. Yes, yeah. uh, that um, is that is this movie. Yeah, uh, where they mistake that that person for a child. Yeah, and then uh, and then like you kind of see the desperation on their faces. Yeah, when they they're, that they're they... going to kill him because they're like, oh, we thought you were a child. Like, it's it's worth, they say, it's worthless now. Yeah. And that's when the hero has to step in and, like, save that character's ass just to be like, listen, just because you don't think somebody is contributing to society or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um... If there's an eye patch guy that sort of comes out of nowhere that I that I laughed when I was like, oh my god, how much <laughs> how much future like neo futuristic can you get than like yeah. in the 1980s than a man with an eye patch jumping out at you? Is eye patch man this one? I wrote it down. Oh, on okay, this one, never mind. So yeah, I'm gonna now say I'm, yes. Now I'm blurring the line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, I I forgot if I said it. This movie takes or is uh, is made in 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know it's it was yeah. I mean, it's got some decent production value. I mean, I if I had to recommend one of the no name ones, it would definitely be this one and not the next one on our list, which is the New Barbarians. Yes, it's it's this is one of those ones where it's it's nothing that you haven't seen, but it's kind of fun if you watch movies. If you watch a lot of movies like this, it's fun because you can tell exactly, you're like, oh, they grabbed that from this movie, and they grabbed that from this movie. Yeah, it's it's that movie, for sure. And it's like, it's it's made in Italian, you could tell that they're very obviously overdubbed, but the lip sync is like, perfect. Yeah. I really want to hear what the original cut is with like all of the like stuttering and like the broken language like sure. stuff. Well, they um, I, I I I won't one hundred percent cite this, but I believe IMDb's trivia for this says that they spent a lot of time on that. I, so it, it shows. Uh, and in, in <laughs> fact, the I think it's the main actor, like his, 
you know, he's they had to recast his voice because yeah. that's not his voice. It, it feels a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot like the American live-action version of Fist of the North Star, which okay. is another post-apocalyptic movie, but that's also based on an anime and based on a manga series. But same shit, cool, badass, lone warrior and like, the wasteland. It's a bunch of gangs and stuff like that. That's all the you are already dead, and then their head explodes. Ah! Creepy. <laughs> uh, so, um, next up is a film titled The New Barbarians. In other uh, situations, it has also been titled Warriors of the Wasteland. Yeah, I, um, that was the IMTB that uh, yeah. Haley looked it up because she couldn't stand to keep watching the movie, and I was dozing off, so yeah. she kept slapping me and saying, don't leave me. <laughs> don't leave me watching this awful movie. <laughs> um... So, Warriors of the Wasteland, and I do believe Warriors of the Wasteland has been riff-tracked um, of all of our movies that we're dealing with here. Um, you know, many of them have been whatever. I, I don't believe 2019 has been anything, but but I right. know for certain that Warriors of the Wasteland has been riff-tracked or Mystery Science Theatered. Um, yeah. So, it's sad that I didn't watch that version That's a, a little Me bit. and Haley said the exact uh, same thing halfway through. We were like, we could have gotten the exact same broad strokes and we wouldn't have had to deal with all of this stuff. Yeah. There is some... Well, hang on. Oof. So, uh, this movie is from 1984. Uh, of course, it takes place in 2019. Uh, the only indication we get of any sort of, like, geography is... After a nuclear annihilation, but it doesn't say when or where. Um, yeah, this is a very... Or it, it does say when, It hits all where. of the wasteland points very fucking vaguely. Yeah. The bad uh, guys are just bad guys. <laughs> so, the synopsis. It's the year 2019. The world has been devastated by nuclear war. Oh, I already said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've said it a lot. It's yeah. what the show is about. <laughs> it turns out. Um, it's a land where gangs of human predators travel in packs like wolves. Ow! Uh, where, where junkyards are filled with dying remnants of society and an army of carnivorous military uh, prisoners threaten a fragile sliver of civilization. The only, uh, the only hope of the... The only hope of the few... Oh, sorry. Because the thing split. I was like, that's not a sentence. The only hope of the few remaining survivors is to reach a distant land where radio signals indicate possible presence of human life. That's that's sad reading that synopsis after knowing what happens. Yeah. Um, so, um... This movie is an action sci-fi movie. It is in that genre. There, I mean, there isn't there isn't a ton of there. There, uh, I mean, if you looked at my notes, like I have real thick notes for all of these guys, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. this one I have like uh, like six lines. So, um, there's a plucky kid and a lady sidekick to the main the main hero. Um, cool black guy with a big ass crossbow. Yeah. Uh, uh, the movie starts. The first scene you see is about is as a breadline. Um, definitely not relatable to 2019. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, gig economy. Yeah, gig economy, baby. Um, interestingly, and this is one I, I I made a note of because I thought Cody would want to say something about it. They they explicitly state that religion caused the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At some at some point they was it a Bible or was it a Book of Mormon or something? Uh, it's something vaguely find? Christian because yeah. that's the the people that they line up at the end of the movie to like yeah. all shoot is these, which is so funny because 
you know, religious commentary aside, you know, it's one of those like freedom of speech is a fear that obviously in the 1980s they had, and that's why that's in this movie. Yeah. And those are those would be the bad guys. But then when when any of the religious like individuals get saved, they immediately like turn it around on the people that like whisk them away and kind of just like spew it right back towards them too. It's one of those like. That feels uh, kind of like The Last of Us in a in a way. Oh sure. Um. Uh, the only uh, well, I have two other notes, but uh, the only other thing to mention about this movie was the thing you were going to mention, and I interrupted you. Uh, rape gangs. Yeah. That was that was the deal with this movie. Wow. It was... And it when it when that happens, it is so abrupt and like left field. It's so they've already they've established like the bad guys are this weird. Not race, this group. It feels kind of like Star Wars. Like, they all have matching white outfits with huge puffy sleeves. Yeah. And they are very just, like, negative it's, towards it's, humanity. Have you, uh, Spaceballs? It yeah, reminds yeah. me of the assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, the, they... Well, every run, time I saw them on screen, I was like, I'm surrounded by assholes! They, uh, they, they capture somebody earlier... And a fallen comrade dies, so they simultaneously burn the fallen comrade while they have somebody chained to him, and then that guy burns as well. So then, later, later in the movie, they capture the main character, and they have him attached in the same area. So you're, I was thinking, like, okay, they're gonna, like, light this guy on fire, but they have the these weird clear plastic bowflex is what yeah. it looks like. Yeah, it, I thought that's, that too. That's uh, strapping them down. And this guy has like this clear knife and you think, okay, he's going to stab it in his back and he lifts it really, really high up and then it shows him cutting just the butt and the pants. So they're like, the pants split open and the guy's just like bare butt is showing. And then they don't show anything else explicit but yeah. it is definitely like the heavy implication like he go the other guy like uh. goes for his crotch and definitely like unbuttons stuff there is implication that they they rape him oh, or that's happening yeah or they don't and it stops it's really hard to tell because then directorial stylistic influences take in and it jump cuts and there's a holy yeah. shit there's so much synthesizer in this one oh, and gosh. the 2019 uh after the fall of New York movie. So much sense. So it's really hard to tell if anything actually occurs to our hero or not, but the uh, the the fear and the danger is definitely present and incredibly uncomfortable. And anxiety of, of 1984. They are worried about biker gangs um, having their way with you yeah. for sure. I mean, that is... Uh, my the, the note I wrote about the anxiety of 1984 here is biker gangs disrupting normal life even such as it is you right. know um and and that up to and includes this what we just talked about and i mean the movie itself is also still a very like women are property type thing uh so yeah i mean that's 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 where um the new barbarians uh i mean if 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 you're gonna go seek out a weird 2019 movie um you know, I I would suggest Fall of New York over New Barbarians. Yeah. But the, I mean, I said to Cody, I'm like, I watched them back to back, and I I sort of fuck up which one's which. Yeah. Because, because there is enough similarity between the two. This Ad additionally, Cody pointed out, and if you want to go ahead and share your little fact about oh the there's uh 
the main the main actress yeah the main actress in the 2019 after the fall of new york is also appearing in the new barbarians is also appearing also shows up in the new barbarians that's so that's kind of fascinating in its own way that these two I mean, there's nothing in common other than yeah. theme and, and you know, the, that actress. 2019 but, After the Fall is definitely the better movie to watch, but if you're going to watch The New Barbarians, just watch the Mystery Science Theater one. Yeah. I, I'm sure that that would handle it better. And it's not like you couldn't have fun watching it with your friends, but just, like, it's not that great. I'm sorry we didn't watch this as friends, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I had already watched them once, and I was like, you know what, you I'm don't. just going to eat through them, and I'm going to make notes this time. Yeah, so. 100%. All right, uh, next up is... uh... Running Man. All right, the year is 2019. Television is now ruling people's lives. The most popular, quote, audience participation, end quote, game show is The Running Man, where convicts can win pardons instead of parting gifts by defeating murderous henchmen known as Stalkers. The Stalkers haven't had much of a challenge lately until Ben Richards, Arnold Schwarzenegger, comes along. You've probably seen Comes this along. movie. That's 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 awful. Uh, you know, <laughs> phrasing. Yeah. Uh, Running Man was cool. Uh, although I will say, does immediately after watching it doesn't stand out as in my mind nearly as much as something like The Eraser or oh, Total sure. Recall or any this, number of other. I will like, say, you know, in again in our prior discussion, what I noticed about Running Man was that it aged well. Like yeah. that one. That, this does not feel like a movie from 1987. Yeah. Um, it, it, this one definitely it feels like, if you've seen the movie Idiocracy and its portrayal of the future, this feels like the movie that that was based on. Like, oh, everybody sure. is still... It, it's a future that is very obviously the point is that uh, violence on TV is ruining America. Sure. And, I mean, that's the anxiety here is the yeah. you know, concern about a media state... Um, you know, it takes place in uh, Los Angeles specifically, so uh-huh. you know that it's not even it's not even hiding the media state thing. Right. Like it's you know it's like here's here's where the problem is. Like and besides, so the the main conf- conflict is that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is a, a cop, and the beginning of the movie is them looking at army cop army thing. cop world police type yeah. situation, and there is a. A group of people rioting in a bread line, and he says it's like 1,500 people, and they're all unarmed, and his orders are to fire into the crowd, and he says he won't do it, so immediately they uh, they go over his head, the, the dispatch comes in to the rest of his unit, and they subdue him, and they kill him, or they don't kill him, excuse me, they kill all the people, and then they just uh, blame it all on Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this is where that start, that happens in 2017. And then 18 months later, we see him with a beard inside this uh, prison system. And he... Where they've worked out this very intricate prison break. a very intricate... Which, by the way, I was like, like, wow, I'm like five minutes into this thing, and you guys are like wanting me to understand their slave collars, (laughs) and their, like, you know... Suicide Squad type scenario goes down. Uh, It's pretty good, like... And then yeah, they he he escapes. They the TV networks see him, and that's like, oh, that would drive ratings up. That's a big dude that can compete in our game show. So you don't really see a lot of like the the fall of society on the outside the way some of these other ones do. It's definitely more of a like 
what we put on. Within. Yeah, it's one of those they live type, uh, yeah, sci-fi horror future sort of things. Yeah, no, it's um, uh, Running Man. Uh, you know, as you said, it's uh, it's an action movie, so it doesn't it doesn't have this like. You know, I'm like, oh wow, that's that's the thing that happened in Running Man. You right. Know? Like, it doesn't it um, doesn't pop as like specifically a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Like there are parts where it feels kind of like Fifth Element, but that's more in like the I'm dragging along somebody who isn't really involved in this. Yeah, she has this this weird you know sold plot to the fe- the plucky female sidekick. Right. You know? Um. So, yeah, Running Man, uh, interesting 2019 movie in that it's probably what our future is actually sort of like. Um, <laughs> you know, in, yeah. in, in, in what, you know, most of these movies, I would say Running Man probably fell the closest. Yeah, I, we're not on any, like, massive collapse thing, and I still don't think we're at the point where somebody's gonna let, like, prisoners sure. attempt to vie for... But also, like... There, you seen, uh, interestingly, earlier this year, there was an Australian company, or maybe Belgian company, uh, <laughs> that started up a television show called The Running Man. Wow. And it it's not prisoners, but it is, you know... People being chased, like yeah. as they as they do something desperate to win money on we, TV. We are just we can't get over the idea that the greatest thing in entertainment would be that man is the most dangerous game, and we're just trying to dance around how we can do that without feeling bad ethically. Yeah, we really, really want to hunt each other. We just don't say it. Yeah, football is really fucking close to that. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? All right, uh, Akira is the next one. Uh, Akira came out in 1988, uh, so there's a lot to unpack here as well. Uh, Akira is based on an incredibly successful manga series of the same title. Interestingly, Akira specifically dates itself as taking place uh, the first scene on July 16th, 1988. In yep. fact, in Tokyo where the very first thing you see is a nuclear annihilation. Huge explosion. So yeah. if you if you watch a lot of anime, you watch a lot of successful stuff, uh, for some reason, uh, Japan has this whole thing about, like, annihilating a culture and then starting over. I can't really understand why that that is yeah, a common, that common motif yeah. in, uh, don't know why in, <laughs> in product yeah. that comes from Japan or Asia That's in general. So- that's so weird that they yeah. would think about those things after anything yeah. that happened. Or how your society would build and be broken by something like that. But like Some uh, massive outside force just right. annihilating you. And then, yeah, and yeah. your way of life yeah. being rooted in uh, in decades of tradition, but also having to face... So anyway... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, well, the, Akira is interesting in that yeah, it's a, a cyberpunk-y thing, too. Yeah. So, so the, the story breakdown is... Canada, or Canada, is a bike gang leader whose close friend Tetsuo gets involved in a government secret project known as Akira. On his way to save Tetsuo, Canada runs into a group of anti-government activists, greedy politicians, irresponsible scientists, and a powerful military leader. The confrontation sparks off Tetsuo's supernatural power, leading Tetsuo! to... <laughs> Leading to bloody death, a coup attempt, and the final battle in Tokyo Olympiad, where Akira's secrets were buried 30 years ago. (laughs) Sorry, you, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much screaming at the end of this movie. Oh, it's so good, too. Like, 
No, it's. I mean, it's not bad, but it is. Right. It, it 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 grates on you if you're. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's a lot to talk about. We'll we'll go over broad strokes because you're probably pretty familiar. If you've ever been in any type of video shop of any kind, you've probably seen the iconic poster. It's like mostly white background. It's got the big red bike and the guy walking towards the bike. Uh, everybody from Kanye West to Adventure Time has spoofed the iconic animation of the bike sliding scene. Sure. Uh, it's it's famously one of the most detailed hand all hand animated like that fucking things hand animated. Wow. Yeah. That all makes sense, pencil. It would be the 80s. Yeah. Yep. All like pencil and paper. Uh, I think at the time it was like the first full length film to be animated at above like. 12 frames per second or something like that as to what like had been the Disney standard and sure. it's like I think Akira is 24 but it's a it's a huge groundbreaking manga work and the this movie is so famous because groundbreaking animation techniques you know were adapting a very famous comic book and the social implications of Japan in 1988 making a movie about bombs that went off for them 30 years ago. Additionally, um, one of the first imports to America. Yeah, huge for uh, budding like anime uh, groups. Uh, dubbing, another thing that's big to it, uh, the English dub was originally done in uh, 1988 and features several voices that you probably recognize from the Dragon Ball Z dubs. And then there was a remastered one that tried to get the language uh, a little bit more on the nose as far as, like, tone. And that sure. one was done in 2001. Not sure which one I watched now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Whichever one was the first disc. All it, so the the big military guy that they're referencing, that's that's all I can think about. it. That's the voice of Piccolo, the big green guy from oh, yeah, Dragon no, Ball, I depending upon I which one. I couldn't get it out of my head, actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's got that generic yeah. anime gruff guy voice. Yeah. Like, a lot of the dub people will do the same. They get typecast as the same voices because they do it really, really well. But yeah, Akira's a fucking sick movie. Yeah, um... Easily my favorite out of this, like, out of uh, everything that we did. If Oh, sure. Uh, if we're talking about what 1988 has on this movie, um, I mean, there was, of course, the things that you mentioned, the cultural sort of destruction, things like that, that, you know, make sense. Eco-terrorists. When, when you're talking about, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but uh, the big theme in here the has has little to do with 88 and might be more resonant. It's body horror. Yeah. I mean, this is a big... Big old body horror. It's a show. what what hath science wrought yep. sort of thing. Very, this one definitely has a, a fear of medical like progression. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so our final film. Uh, if you if you're listening to us now, two hours in. Uh, it's not that long. <laughs> uh, the 2005's The Island, uh, which takes place specifically on July 18th, uh, 2019. It's a sci-fi dystopian flick uh, from director Michael Bay, uh, <laughs> credited Armageddon and The Rock on here. Uh, <laughs> it comes a comes an action-packed thrill ride that's an explosive, mind-blowing assault on the senses. <laughs> um, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, before they were famous, yeah. um, lead an all-star cast uh, as residents of an isolated, 
high-tech, uh, uh, isolated high-tech compound. But when they discover they're actually clones and worth more dead than alive, they stage a daring escape, battling an unfamiliar environment and an, uh, and an armed team of mercenaries in hot pursuit. This is one sentence. That's why I'm having Jesus. a hard time with it. Uh, <laughs> They'll risk their their lives and freedom to save those they left behind and reveal the truth about the island. Um, uh, I did not know that this was a 2019 movie before we went into this, and I also had not seen it before. This uh, is worth Cody, a rewatch. Cody pointed out that this was a 2019 movie. Um, yeah, it... Uh, I would say uh, I enjoyed the island um, a lot more than I thought I was going to because uh, it has this cover that sort of le- leads me to believe that it is going to be complete oh, garbage. Yeah, the, the cover is um, so generic Jason Bourne action movie looking thing, but uh, the the movie itself is is closer to something like Repo Men or yeah. uh, um, a, a similar type of situation. I can't think of any other examples other than Repo Men. So the movie opens uh, talking about tranquility and having these key words that, like, you know, I was like, man, what is, like, what is going on in this movie? Uh, I guess, Cody, I should let you know. Uh, I did not read a synopsis before the movie. I just popped it in to see what was going on. All right. Yeah, so I hadn't seen a trailer in years, um, so Uh I, you know, I I had a vague idea that it was some sort of action-y movie, um, but I didn't know what was going on with it. And then they start talking about this lottery. And I was like, oh boy, lottery and science fiction movies. Uh, somebody going to get dead. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that never means what you want it to mean yeah. in these movies. And they keep talking about this island where they're going to, where everything's perfect. And I'm like, oh God, they're sending those kids to heaven. Um, <laughs> the, the puppy farm. Yeah, right? Um, of course, you know, the, the people uh, who, who are subject to this. Uh, are in this, like, you know, tranquil, underground, disease-free zone where all their needs are met and all of their, you know, all of their clothes are picked out for them and things like that. Um, So the other thing is they have... So they're clones, which is the reveal that happens pretty early. Was that on the case? That was on the case. That's on the case. Yeah. They have the minds of, like, 13... So they're they're bred up. Middle schools or Yeah, so... It's it's people like you and McGregor. It's people like Scarlett Johansson and like Sean Bean and people like that. But they have this mental understanding of this, and so they think the island is this fancy place they go to. And one of their friends is pregnant. Yeah, I believe is how they find out, and they they take the baby out of her, and then they give it to the same woman who just like couldn't. You bear and McGregor kids. like oversees the the yeah yeah. And so that's they figure it out and they plan their escape and then the rest of the movie is basically action escape from that point. Yeah, um, I watched this movie. I only saw it the once, but I watched it with uh, Michael Bay's commentary on. Oh yeah, which is batshit. <laughs> um, if you have an opportunity to watch this on DVD, it's probably streaming. So, uh, and I don't know if the streamers don't usually allow you to watch the commentaries the commentary, and stuff like that. Yeah, but if you have an opportunity. This is a very cheap DVD, and it is worth watching with Michael Bay's commentary on, because um, you learn you learn a lot about Michael Bay, uh-huh. but also you learn a lot about like conspiracies he's bought into. Holy because he, shit! He's like he this movie he believes like 
is oh my god yeah. in, is happening in 2005 i i feel like, like i remember that there was this thing that people thought that uh beyonce and jay-z were also part of some sort of like clone organ harvesting type scandal oh sure yeah because i know that there's already like there are legitimate companies out there that do everything they can to try to like clone your deceased pets. There's not like American companies, but I remember definitely hearing about like multiple well, of these he, and there's like celebrities that have had their famous pets like cloned. He goes on and on about like this uh uh Arab prince that he knows that like uh, has a yeah, he, somebody has, got Michael Bay's email. Yeah. That that uh, that that has a you know, a hospital on an airplane that is ready to like you know anytime this prince has a problem like they put him down to like you know and he's got a guy with him that matches his blood type and all of his stuff. He's <laughs> yeah. got a blood. And I was just like, Michael what Bay you, predicted blood what boys. What are you talking about, <laughs> like Michael Bay? And I'm not going to spoil this commentary for you, but because you <laughs> uh, because it's. Uh, it's like it's like a reading uh, like an L. Ron Hubbard thing. Yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, the island was not that far off on what our future actually looks like in terms of <laughs> cities and things like that. Yeah, um, definitely for the more, obvious reasons. It's only fifteen years removed, so yeah, it's definitely more grounded in like a modern. Uh, the flying ideology. buses aren't there, but other things like the newest Xbox yeah. at the very beginning showcases this hilarious like. VR type of Xbox. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was a Michael Bay, like, branding decision that he, like, got. Funny you mention that. He mentions it in the in the commentary, and he's like, we took a lot of heat for this product placement, but he's like, we had to pay for the movie somehow. You know, <laughs> like... Um, so he does, he does address that in the That's commentary. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting. Um... This, the thing about this movie that I noticed is it's kind of post-Matrixy. You yeah. Know, this is, you know, the Matrix happens, I believe, in 1999 or, you know, uh-huh. something like that. Turn of the like century, that. millennium. Yeah. Um, and, and this movie has, like, the Matrix kind of built into it. Like, yeah. Like, this idea of what's real and what's yeah, our reality what, really yeah, like. Yeah, what and, you know isn't true. Yeah. You've been living a lie. And then the the 2005 anxiety also baked into this is this post 9/11 surveillance state sort of stuff. Ooh, a, yeah, yeah, a concern about health, um, you know, and and also you know the you know how like way of life. Right? Yeah, um, there's a uh, Bruce Willis movie that's called Surrogates. That's a very similar situation where it's like everybody has like these really realistic robot surrogates, and nobody leaves their houses anymore because it's like in-world VR, and Bruce Willis is, like, this aging character that always uses this super hot-shit robot, and then it fucks up at the beginning of the movie, so he has to actually venture out as himself. Yeah. But it, it, it reminds me a lot of the beats of The Island, too. Same type of thing of, like, oh, I want to fight to protect my establishment. Oh, shit, my establishment doesn't have my best interests in mind. Yeah, it was it was all up on that for sure, and the, you know these yeah these movies were all of these movies to a certain extent kind of had that kind of thing going on a little bit. Uh, let me uh, let me go ahead and di- dip into my matrix here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so like I said, I built this thing. Uh, if I get bored, I could put it in a spreadsheet and put it online, like attached to this show, or, uh-huh. but probably not. Uh, <laughs> not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm probably too busy for this, but but you'll get to hear it audioly at least at the moment. So um, 
like I said, fetish gear across all of these movies. Another thing I noticed, biker gangs. Yep. There was a, a hot concern uh, in the 80s about biker <laughs> gangs. Um, I have one question mark here, 2019. It was a horse gang, but they acted like a biker gang. <laughs> that right? was definitely because they didn't have the budget for more motorcycles. Yeah, uh, but but Blade Runner, obviously, they're biker gangs. Akira, they're biker gangs. Running Man. Uh, the, the characters, when they're in the show, are menaced by a biker gang. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the New Barbarians were biker gangs. So there was a, there was a lot of concern about that. Uh, robots... Uh, specifically robots, not cyborgs, um, uh, only actually showed up in 2019 and Blade Runner. Um, uh, shitty corporations were an anxiety across, uh, across four of these movies, uh, Blade Runner, Akira, Running Man, and The Island. Uh, space travel, not explicitly. Uh, in fact, uh... Blade Runner it makes reference to it in the opening crawl that there is off-world colonies, yeah. but you don't see any of it. Uh, and 2019, uh, they take off in a rocket at the end of it, but you don't get <laughs> yeah. to see any of the, you know. Um, we already filmed our big budget-breaking scene. Exactly. Uh, mutants were only present in 2019, Blade Runner and Akira. Monoclimating. Right. Uh, mm. That is to say, there was only one climate present in at least what we saw. Um, in the case of 2019, it was a desert. Uh, in the case of Blade Runner, it was always raining. You know, for yeah. the obvious reason, noirish. Um, and then, uh, and I think it was always at night in Blade Runner too. I don't remember a scene in the day. Yeah, I don't um, remember any daytime stuff. Unless you know, daylight sort of. Breaks uh, through at the I end, wonder. I guess. There's like. So, just remembering color yeah. palette stuff, it's definitely yellow, but I think that's, like, artificial lighting when he's oh, in the okay. offices. Oh, that's what I... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the island uh, was monoclimatized in both places. In the in the, in the the <laughs> underground thing, it was all sort of, you know... Um, yeah, biscuit. It, it was all it was all climate control. Yep. It was all indoor and AC. Then, and then and when they get out, it's all desert. Yep. Uh, cyborgs... Uh, 2019 uh, was was the cyborg movie. Blade Runner. It was unclear whether cyborgs existed because uh-huh. obviously they have the, the replicants. replicants. Yeah. But like, is there any merger between man right. and human? Yeah. I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049. 2049. So I don't know if that's followed up on. I don't uh, either. I hear it's great though. Yeah, cloning. Uh, 20- <laughs> Did the island have any cloning? Yeah, uh, the island obviously was our clone movie. Uh, Blade Runner, unclear whether the replicants were clones. True. Um, so, uh, and then 2019, sort of. Uh, surveillance state carried across four of the six movies. Uh, 2019, Blade Runner, Running Man, and The Island. Uh, totalitarianism present in four of the movies. 2019, uh, Akira, sort of. Like, yeah. they do have cameras everywhere. Yeah. But I, it's... I, it's not clear if it's a surveillance state situation or if it's just that that the action happened to be where the cameras there's, were. There's so many, and that's another thing that like the books go more in depth than the movie sure. does. But like, there's like fucking five different factions all like scrambling for control in Akira because like the scientists are independent from the government people, which are independent oh. from the eco terrorist people, and they're all like either trying to either prevent this catastrophe from happening because they know it's a possibility 
or they're just trying to push their own agenda, which is just endangering everybody else's situations. Nice. But yeah, uh, is a clusterfuck. <laughs> Running Man was a totalitarian movie, and obviously The Island was a totalitarian sort mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, well, while they were in the underground thing, yeah. and they get loose it's, less so. At that point, it's just like a paywall. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, so this is 1980s. These were all 1980s movies. Uh, well, for the most part, they were night. Less anxiety about drugs present in them than you'd expect. In fact, yeah. only showed up in Akira. Uh, they they give somebody. Oh, in Running Man, they they oh, gas suppose. them a couple yeah. of times. But like, I wouldn't yeah. argue that as anything like that. But yeah, uh, that's the only place where drugs showed up uh, in the age of the war on drugs. Actually. Uh huh. AI uh, 2019 sort of has an AI that that clown thing. Um, uh, the Blade Runner obviously AI driven, yeah. and uh, Island. Uh, I already mentioned this, but nostalgia was only present in Blade Runner and New Barbarians. Okay, so I thought there would be lasers in all of these movies. Lasers uh, only present in 2019. Yeah. Akira. Uh, and new barbarians explicitly in the island they use lasers to operate but not as weapons not to shoot at yeah Yeah. uh corrupt cops were in it's unclear if the cops are corrupt in blade runner like it it seems like they're they're kind of gray area cops uh it's unclear in the island if they're on the take uh they're definitely they're not they might not be corrupt but might might be incompetent Mm-hmm. Um, and then Running Man, obviously, it was all up on cop corruption. Oh, man, I don't know. Real quick, I don't know yeah. why, but we're talking about, like, cop cop stuff in these movies. I'm just thinking about when they shoot those fucking harpoon darts into Michael Clark Duncan Jr.'s legs. Oh, sure. Like, the back of his calves, and you can oh. see it, like, stretching his skin. Why? Oh, I don't... That's, like, the vivid, vivid memory I have from that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's trying to run away. It's, like, open-heart surgery. He wakes up. Wanton Killing, uh, the only movie where this didn't occur was Blade Runner. <laughs> Ex- except the island, it's... Are, are what they... You know, yeah. yeah. The, without getting into abortion here, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, it's it, it's like mass mayhem, but that's yeah. it's a Michael fucking Bay movie. Yeah. So there there actually wasn't a uh, I'm wanton ki- there was one uh, rather there was wanton killing across all of these movies except Blade Runner. Uh, nuclear annihilation occurs in uh, three of the movies 2019. Uh, Akira and New Barbarians. Mm-hmm. Sprawling cityscapes were in all of them except New Barbarians. Even uh, 2019, which was still a weird, like, yeah. they had that sprawling city scene even yeah. though it was a decimated city. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, it's, <laughs> Haley pointed out when we watched it, but 2019 after the fall shows like Lady Liberty and it's it's funny because there's like all the buildings that are destroyed but you can clearly see like the World Trade Center is also like represented nice yeah um super technology in Blade Runner Akira and the Island uh Death Games in, <laughs> in 2019 obviously The Running Man and New Barbarians uh Mohawks were present in all of the movies except The Island and Running Man Running Man the guys got the electric Mohawk 
Oh, that's right. So it, I was I'm, just. I'm gonna have to to fix my matrix here. I forgot that he had that electric one. I I knew that uh, it didn't have any any people with uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, white suits were present in all movies except Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely. That's an easy color palette thing to separate. Uh, disease is being a thing uh, only in the island and in 2019, sorta. Yeah, because the people are all, like, gunked up. Yep. Uh, product placement uh, did not occur in 2019 or New Barbarians, the two movies we've never heard of. <laughs> but uh, the other movies did have product placement. Uh, Akira only sort of, though. A- Akira, it's it's one of yeah. those things that, ironically, the thing that is the, the propaganda for Akira, which is the motorbike, is the thing that has all the product placement on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they definitely show, in a Blade Runner sense, they have, like, big neon background Coca-Cola, city. Yeah. Fuji film. Like, all that like stuff. But, yeah, the bike other, is the funniest thing yeah. for all... The, like, cannon sticker, I think, is yeah. the really, like, blatant famous one. Yep. Um, but it's it's unclear whether that stuff was supposed to be product placement-y or whether yeah. it was just, like, they were filling space or what. Yeah, if it was just um, aesthetics or if it's a commentary... Finally, flying cars, which uh, you would think would be in all of these, only appeared in Blade Runner and the Island. So, is there? I guess there's not really flying cars in Akira. They're still just using like helicopters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So they don't have hover. I don't know. It's it, it doesn't matter right now. I I didn't check the box, so I'm gonna say no. Um, <laughs> but but now now you're confusing me. Um. You know, all of these movies, they were concerned about institutional collapses of different kinds. Uh, you know, all of, you know, there are lots of movies with this themology. You know, you t- we talked a little bit about, um, you know, Mad Max, mm-hmm. the, the, the Mad Max averse, I suppose, now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned Death Race for a moment. Uh, Rollerball is another one that, uh-huh. like, jumps out at me, you know, like... So total it, recall. Total, yeah. So, it, you know, when talking about what these things got right and what they got wrong, I mean, what they got wrong, I mean, they were really worried about flamethrowers. Like yeah. flamethrowers show up over, and I didn't do that as a checkbox because because I didn't realize it was going to be across all of the movies. I think, but uh, they were concerned about flamethrowers, and they were really concerned about biker gangs. Yeah, I think there is this underlying like if it's if it's explicit or if it's just to show that the society is collapsed but this like trash Trash. like we we definitely in 2019 are like even one of the words climate change denial like that is the fight that we're at right now where we know that if we continue on the way that we're going to end up in a future that looks like that but we're we're trying to either course correct ourselves or make some sort of change going forward in that sense. I feel like that is like the easy comparison, at least now, besides political dissent. Well, and there's... Well, pardon me. Uh, there's also like this social class distinction that there's an underclass that's invisible. Yeah. Um, some number of years ago, I was... It was probably 10, 15 years ago. It may have even been longer. Uh, I don't know if any of the people who were present in this story are going to listen to this and can correct me. But uh, there was this one time I was in Chicago, and um, 
we had we had gotten directions to this uh, to to some something in Chicago. I don't remember what from a local. I was like, hey, we're looking for this thing. How do you get there? And I don't know if we transposed a couple of color lines. Like they're like, hey, take the red line to this stop, and then take mm-hmm. the the purple line here. Or instead, they had said take the purple line to here, and then the red line to the anyway. We got up, you know, when we got off the train, we got off at the wrong fucking exit. <laughs> and I, I always describe it as, well, when we popped up from this from this train station, I we got up there, and all of a sudden we were transported to fucking Mad Max. Like, there were, you know, like, it was wanton, what a, like, there yeah. were, a chain-link fence was surrounding almost everything we could see. Uh, there were people gathered around barrels on fire. <laughs> like... Uh, you know, it's the only time I'd ever seen that sort of yeah. thing in person. Um, mm-hmm. Not because I'm necessarily sheltered, but just because I live in the Midwest. Where right. Like, we don't have know, urban density that dense. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember thinking, I was, you know, and I said to the people I was with, I'm like, we got off on the wrong fucking exit. Let's turn around. And, <laughs> yeah. And one of the guys I was with was like, no, nah, we can, you know, we can soldier through this and we'll be, you know, just on the other end of this hill. And I'm like, give me the fucking map. I'm going back the other direction. <laughs> like, um, and, and there was this fight about the third guy that was with us, like whether he was going to soldier <laughs> on or whether he was going to, and, and I was like, I am not, uh, involving myself in Mad Max here. I'm not doing it, you know? Uh, so, uh, but I, I remember when I saw that, like that was, like I said, that was my first experience with that in real life. And it, and it stuck with me because I was just like, there are people who live like this. Like, yeah. the, you know, we see it in the movies and it's like, oh, oh man, that's, movies a, that's it, a shitty future to live in. Right. Ha, ha, ha. Movies you know? definitely make it feel like it's a huge epidemic thing. But you're right, like in certain places, like not only is it, I would say it's a non-issue, but like you're never going to come across it in your day-to-day life, which is why representation for that type of thing is important. Yeah, we follow our own circuits and, you know, never expand, you know, expand beyond that. And so, you know, in us talking earlier about the gig economy, like, woe is us. Right. I mean, we don't have that. We're not, yeah, we're not garbage can huddling, but yeah, to somebody else, that's like absolutely essential, like as far as a sense of warmth or shelter. So this, you know, this is, this is interesting on the, the 2019 thing, how social class makes that big of a difference, you know, mm-hmm. with regards to where we are and like, you know, what we're exposed to and things like that. And there's something and, too about like picking 2019 as opposed to 2020 sure. where you're like, you're still on the, the cusp or like the turn of what is future. Sure. Um, because like we said, these are the 1980s that, you know, they, they, they're peering f- what they believe to be 40 years into the future, or at least, you know, picked randomly on a keyboard, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, a, a few numbers. Um, with the idea that it would be believable to an 80s audience anyway right, right? um and and so it it is it is interesting that they that they got as much sort of right as they did in the subtleties of it I'll say yeah. right um maybe not the broad strokes I mean we we didn't have World War 3 which is present in yeah. three of these movies we didn't have nuclear annihilation, which is present in uh, several right. of these movies. But we do have nuclear, like, anxiety pretty much every day still. Oh, sure. And it's yeah. just because, like, you can't... I mean, obviously, Japan is the only real society that has gone through that and still exists 
versus like all these movies on the scale that they're talking about i imagine the planet's gone at that like if there was a neo tokyo sized bomb i imagine that's just gonna fuck up like that half of the hemisphere or whatever yeah same for us if we have any sort of bomb go off in new york or in the middle of the country or whatever i imagine we're kind of like fucked well, uh, I mean, there's the day after, which, uh, as you well know, takes place in Lawrence, Kansas. I yep. mean, that that one, you know, expresses it just in this very boring, you know, can't, I mean, Kansas City is wiped off the face of the earth effectively. But, you know, for the most part, like, you know, like the middle of nowhere, even that is enough to cripple the nation. Yeah. You know? um, and then you think about something like Hiroshima and Nagasaki that were major cities for Japan, you yeah. know. Um, they weren't Tokyo, uh, but Tokyo was firebombed regularly. Yeah. So, you know, they they were they were crippled in that city as well. Um, it's just you know, hmm. uh, scary stuff. And the 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 war drums continue to beat. You know, like, yeah. The whole reason we have bleak sci-fi outlooks, around, like like the movies that we watch today, is because if history shows us anything it's like we are absolutely capable of like destroying a civilization or you know firebombing the Viet Cong or any number of these things where it's just like you think of yourselves as like the good guy the the world police but you know somebody else is obviously got a, a vastly different perspective on that these uh you know these movies that the crystal balled this stuff it, you know it, it's just um you know I can't believe how much we look back. You know, like I said, when I, when I was going through the pop culture and the stuff like that, I can't yeah. believe how much we're, you know, how often we look back the and mimosis. we don't even learn from it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah so. The mimetic process of it all. Cool wasteland. Cool wasteland. Phew. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Well, with that, uh, we'll end our programming day. I was pretty good. We yeah. we covered a lot, I feel like. And, you know, hope, always hopeful for, for going forward. You know, we'll, we'll we'll put that so nobody has any blanket bummers. But oh, oh sure, there's a, there's nothing wrong with uh, enjoying Mad Max or your Fallout video games either. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I mean, and these movies themselves, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, two of the movies in this pile are are classics. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, if you looked at the top 100 lists, like Blade Runner and Akira are on those lists. Yeah. I mean, almost all the time, uh, and then. Both those movies just did things for film, too. Not just sci-fi or, like, their own genres, but, like, outside of it, about directorial things, about process, how many people it took to make those movies then versus how much it takes to make a fucking, like, a Disney animated movie now. Oh, yeah, and, I mean... Uh, even the less heard ones, you know, like 2019 and New Barbarians, uh, they they said things and they were interesting movies unto themselves yeah. for, for a various number of reasons, which... Just for the sake of this pod, like, it's well, interesting. I, to... And I was just going to say, which definitely goes to the core of our mission statement, if we had one, of what we're doing at that podcast, yeah. you know? We, you know, we want to talk about mainstream stuff and we want to talk about current stuff, but... But also that that weird stuff that, that that's you know fallen through the cracks. I mean, I mean, uh, one of the discussions I regularly have with Josh about about direction and things like that and what we're doing is regards you know with regards to well how much do we want to get weird with the audience and how much <laughs> do we want to like you know it, it, reel them in with something they heard of you know like right. 
Um, so, so this has been obviously a combination show, uh, you know, sort of by by happenstance of fate of the movies that take place in the 2019s. But yeah, but it was, this was a really good mix. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, and 2020 is even better. I mean, I don't have the list with me, but I I do know that uh, 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 Edge of Tomorrow is on that list. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's movie, actually a pretty good movie. A, a cool Japanese movie called Yesterday. Um, I, again, ironic as it is, 2020 taking place. Um, <laughs> like, okay, there's a couple other things that you've heard of that take place in 2020, but. Uh, you know, you can look forward to that uh, sometime in the next year. We'll we'll try to get to that show, and we can we'll have a discussion probably similarly uh, similarly run where I'll try to find more stuff. Right. About, yeah. We'll probably end up having a bunch of comparisons just on that episode with what we did for this episode. Just, yeah, exactly. How much of it is nuclear? Uh, spoiler alert: not much. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Alright, with that, I will tell you you can find all of our podcasts at uh, thatpodcast.fireside. or I'm sorry, thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm <laughs> uh, You can uh, do a search on uh, on Facebook. That podcast stays up all night slumber party. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's uh, that's where a lot of our social media effort goes to, only, uh, only because of sheer laziness. Uh there is a Gmail which you can email us at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. Uh, the, there is a Instagram which uh, still has a placeholder image, as far as I know, anyway. <laughs> I think. Unless I think we've the, been hacked. No. <laughs> Twitter also only has one movie post. Nice. I, uh, I spent a long time trying to get it connected with the uh, with the Fireside, so that way it'll auto-upload, but I was just having issues with my laptop at the time, so. Josh has a, Josh had a, me and Cody both make a New Year's resolution that we'd We'd partake more in the socials, as he calls them. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, so, 2020. Look forward to more of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Twitter is uh, that productions. Uh, the uh, that's the actual at. Uh, you can also find it by searching that podcast productions, and it's a picture of Rogue from X Men's butt. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. So, uh, I'm not sure when this gets uploaded and what our next show is. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, as I'm not sure where in the editing side you guys. Yeah, are. I uh, uh, I dropped the ball. Depending upon when you're hearing this, uh, you'll def- there's definitely going to be a week of double episodes. Christmas break kind of kind of threw a wrench into some. I mean, some we recording plans. We are legit recording it two days from from the uh, end of the decade. But yeah. uh, But uh, but as far as uh, what uh, what's in store, well, I mean, uh, some exciting things for 2020 to be certain. So. For sure. Anything else you want to say, my friend? Uh, I... I got... What? Like, why? <laughs> I've been holding it in, and we, you, we were stretching it out. Are you damn Kyle? We were stretching it out, and I was like, I might as well bookend it. bitch! <laughs> if I do any editing, at least I know at, at the very end is where all of it... I'll probably have to increase the audio just to make it even worth discussing. I got nothing. <laughs> Hope you guys had a good year. If not, you know... Only the worst year so far. We look backwards a lot. Look forward, my friends. Yeah. That's uh, Meet the Robinsons. Keep moving forward. There's another dystopian future movie for you. Never seen it. Really? Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs>